0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What it for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to
1: Indiana basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. I think the Hoosiers are for real. This hot streak could have become the norm the rest of the way. I don't know that Indiana can keep it up at the pace they're going, but this team has really come together and I'm really not surprised at all that they won. Purdue I was. There have been some other games that here in this hot streak. I've been a little surprised about different things. But last night I, I went in with the confidence that if Indiana plays even close to how they've played recently, they will win this ballgame. They will break the losing streak against Rutgers, and they got it done. Indiana 7-1 and one in their past eight games. They have three quadrant one victories and they're beginning to catch some national attention. I opened up ESPN a little earlier and I opened up CBS College Sports basketball page both headlines at the very top, one was about Purdue and Zach Eady, the other was about Indiana getting back on track and having a great stretch from January into February on both sides. So again, the Big Ten and the two Indiana teams leading the way, you could say right now, uh, but great to see and uh, a lot of excitement around this team. And it kind of goes back to the offseason when there was rumblings of Indiana being a favorite in the conference and all this talent coming back and talent coming in and at times, we just at least consistently didn't see it this season, but we are now, and it looks really good, and you wonder what the ceiling could be for this team if they continue down this path. And I, I don't just mean the ceiling about you know winning a Big Ten title, uh, a tournament title, but I mean what could their ceiling be in the NCAA tournament? Could this be a team that gets to the Elite Eight? They're playing like it right now. I know it may sound crazy to talk about, but they're playing good, solid, crisp basketball, great defense. They've got multiple leaders inside-out presence. The interior, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis is leading the way, and obviously Jalen hood Shafino typically on the perimeter. But last night it was Miller Kopp that stepped up and was kind of the X factor with 18 points in the game. So a lot of players stepping up, a lot of consistency with this team and the defense and Trace and Jalen Hood-Chefino Shafino. And a lot of reason for Hoosier fans to be really excited as we head into the month of March, which is just three weeks away uh, at this point. That's crazy to even think about or crazy to even say, but uh, that is where we're at. Also, I want to mention here early on, you know, Friday night we've got a big game. It's a rivalry game, New Albany and Providence. We'll have it on the Big X. The tip-off in that game is scheduled for 7.30, and our pregame coverage will begin at 7.15, That said, Providence is a big favorite heading into that game, and uh, we'll talk about that contest some this week here on the show. And uh, there was some Tuesday night high school action that we'll recap here in just a few minutes as well. And, of course, getting ready for girls regionals a new format this weekend just a one game regionals coming up that's going to be different kind of our first foray our first test into uh, how things look in the, the new regional round I think I like the idea of a two-game regional if it means more teams are involved in the semi-state uh, more communities more schools have reason to celebrate uh, and uh, further into the season and I think that by the time the boys tournament gets here kind of be ready to make an opinion on it but early on I like the thought of having more teams alive as the schools get a chance to move on later into the tournament. Let's take a look at the show lineup, the service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, some news and headlines from last night. We'll talk IU Rutgers. We'll talk a little high school basketball as well. Also coming up later in the show, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will check in. We'll recap last night's big win for the Hoosiers, who are really red hot right now, and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us. In the final segment today, we'll talk about all the high school things I mentioned last night, the New Albany-Providence game on Friday, and girls regionals coming up this weekend as well. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. Uh, IU fans, sound off. How excited are you? what is the ceiling for this team in the NCAA tournament? Your thoughts on miller Cop last night? Uh, how good did it feel to finally beat Rutgers and give them a little taste of their own medicine? Send that in to me at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. At Thornton's right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant. Or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink, tea or fizz freeze, or 20 ounce bottled soda. When you become a new Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Again, that number 502 414. 1450. Put it in your phone and send us a text here, a question, a comment, whatever it may be. We'll get it on the air here on this Wednesday show. Let's get into some headlines from last night. First off, just kind of a look at the box score. Another outstanding performance, a record-setting performance last night by TJD. 20 points for him. 18 rebounds, an amazing, amazing stat line once again, and it's just become par for the course. I hope that IU fans... Don't come become complacent with Trace Jackson Davis. I don't think it's possible that he can continue to do this every game, but appreciate what we're getting from him. Appreciate what you're seeing from him. He is doing some amazing things right now. Uh, and the level of consistency and the leadership in which he is also adding on top of everything else, the blocks on top of the points and the rebounds, he is a triple threat, uh, unbelievable, the effort. And I think that's all Mike Woodson could say about him last night when he was asked about some things with Trace. It's just, just really unbelievable. And and that's the, the um, adjective, the word I can – all I can think of to describe it, and I'm sure that you agree. Uh, but Trace was also – Fantastic last night. thought Indiana got off to a great start. That's obviously what you need to do. Some of this stuff is mental. We'd be lying if we said it wasn't, uh, that Rutgers had won six in a row, and we know how Rutgers defeated Indiana on their home court earlier in the year. But Indiana very sharp uh, starting the ball game last night, and uh, so re- able to get get an advantage early on on Rutgers, able to build some momentum early on against the Scarlet Knights. But last night, I you know you could look across the board at a lot of things. I thought Indiana's defense was was really good last night. Uh, that's been par for the course. We talked earlier in the year would this become a defensive oriented team? Uh, it's trending that way. And Indiana's defense during this hot stretch, I think uh, ultimately has driven a lot of their offense. Also, another thing last night, Indiana was really tough. And Rutgers has this reputation in the Big Ten of being a tough and rough team and a physical team. And Indiana, I thought, matched that and came out of the gate last night, uh, saying, "You know what? You're not going to punk us again, not on our home court." And I thought Indiana did a great job with that last night as well. Of course, Trace Jackson Davis last night. We've already mentioned his his stat line, but he's now the first player in program history to score 2,000 points and to bring in 1,000 rebounds that is uh, an amazing accomplishment again i've said this a lot I i know it's been written about a lot here recently as well Trace Jackson Davis as an all-time Hoosier where's he at? Where could he finish at the end of this season? And of course the dream for IU fans if he comes back for another season and just shatters even more records and, and does probably unbelievable things finishing way 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 high on that all, all-time Hoosier list but we said really all he needed to do was get some team accomplishments and, and the win over Purdue was a good one uh, obviously you know a Big Ten tournament run here would be wonderful for Trace's legacy at NCAA Double A tournament run obviously would would only add to his uh, legendary status th- that I think he'll leave Bloomington with, uh, but uh, that two thousand points one thousand rebounds mark and being the first IU Hoosier to do that that in itself carries a lot of weight I think when you evaluate someone's importance all time do a specific uh, college basketball program. I mentioned this uh, to Justin, our producer, before the show, but I love some of the things Mike Woodson says. I love his demeanor on stuff. Uh, he is just a funny, funny dude, I think. And uh, for that reason, I probably watch more of his press conferences and 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 than I maybe t- typically would. But Trace Jackson Davis last night was asked a question by somebody after the game, and uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said uh, he remembered what Coach Woodson always told him. I guess it was a question about rebounding or something last night because he had 18. He said, uh, and I, again I'm paraphrasing, but Coach Wood Wood Coach Woody, as he calls him, he said the board man gets paid. So the rebounder, the board man gets paid. I love that. And so uh, Trace had to say that after the game, after his big performance. And then of course we've got to highlight Miller Cop a little bit more. Um, Jalen Shafino wasn't hot last night. He wasn't his normal self last night. He wasn't the player that for the most part in this eight-game stretch we've seen uh, for the Hoosiers, but it was okay because Miller cop stepped up uh, and had a, a big game. He's had some big games against Rutgers. He had 21 <clears throat> the first two times they met earlier this season, and another big night last night with 18 points right behind Trace Jackson Davis as well. So big night for him. He seems to have Rutgers' number. He's been one of the few Hoosiers uh, this season at least, and really in recent seasons to have their number, but he's been able to step up and play well against the Scarlet Knights. And then, of course, you know, probably the biggest thing coming out of last night's game, Indiana is now tied for second place with Rutgers, in the Big Ten standings, that that is hard to believe. There's a whole bunch of teams right behind IU and Rutgers uh, at with a seven and five record. Uh, I think five teams are tied, I guess, effectively for third place. But can you imagine? Can you believe Indiana started the season, the Big Ten season? One in four. And they, this run that they have put them on has, at first it brought them back into contention to have a, a reasonable finish. And now it's taken them to second place in the conference, tied with Rutgers. So it I, it just doesn't seem likely, unless Purdue has a real slide or something unexpected happens there. And I, I don't foresee that happening. Uh, it doesn't seem likely that Rutgers or Indiana or anyone will be able to catch the Boilermakers. But uh, the race is on. I think for number two between Rutgers and Indiana, and uh, Indiana did themselves a lot of favors last night by winning that head-to-head matchup. But just crazy to think that Indiana is second in the Big Ten Conference early January, first week of January. Uh, uh, maybe middle of the pack if they rebounded some and and got back on track. I never saw uh, a second place opportunity for this for this Indiana team. That's for sure. A couple high school notes from last night. Tevi Ali had a big night. A nice Tuesday night rivalry game. Silver Creek a winner, 66-54 over the Dragons. So that's a good win for Floyd Central, who's now just five and thirteen on the season. But Ali exploded for 27 points last night. You know, he had a huge game against Jeffersonville, and Floyd Central was ahead much of that game, ended up falling apart there very late in the contest. But when Ali goes, this Floyd Central team goes to another level, and they'll need him when they get into the sectional to have some big outings like that they're going to make some sort of surprise run at Seymour. But I'll leave with 27 points last night <clears throat> to help Floyd Central. Very balanced Floyd Central scoring. Caden Stewart, 12 Trey Walters, 11. Caleb Washington with 10. Uh, Silver Creek of course got 15 from Caden Oliver and also 15 from Nate Davidson as well. Jace Burton was in double figures also with 11 points. But good Tuesday night ball game last night. Also another Tuesday game of interest. Christian Academy taking on a very good solid Henryville team. And Christian Academy, they're on a roll. They beat a good Evansville Christian team at home over the weekend. And then they knocked off Henryville last night. Henryville 12 and 6 after the loss last night. Christian Academy now improves to 12 and 5 on the season. Uh, 53-42 the final score. And Joshua Renfro was really good last night for Christian Academy. He led the way with 20 points. In that win for the Warriors, Christian Academy in 1A and that sectional is a team that could win it. It's going to be a good uh, 1A sectional here locally. Sectional 61, it's a little different this year. It's, I believe, at West Washington. It's not at Borden this year, if I'm correct with that. Borden and South Central and Christian Academy, probably the three front runners in that sectional. Uh, They've all kind of beaten up on each other, though, so uh, it'll be an interesting sectional to see how it goes, but Christian Academy, a big win last night. Also, want to give a shout-out to the Braves of Borden last night. Kasem Nash, Coach Nash's son, uh, 27 points, and he surpassed the 1,000 career point mark last night as Borden used a uh, 57-55 win in overtime to beat West Washington, a potential sectional opponent. So again, West Washington wasn't one of the three favorites in that sectional that I named, but they took Borden down to the wire at home last night where the sectional will be at. So uh, that was an interesting Tuesday night game as well, and congratulations to Kasem Nash on reaching the 1,000 career point mark. Also, Saw a headline this morning that Peyton Siva and Kyle Kurick are going to organize a Louisville alumni team, U of L alumni team called The Ville, and they are going to play in the TBT tournament. That's the basketball tournament. The $1 million prize there for the winner of that tournament. A lot of alumni teams in the tournament. But also with this announcement, some of the games, I think it was a quarterfinal round, are going to be played at Freedom Hall. So how cool is that? Former U L players from really good teams getting together, trying to win a million dollars, and some of these TBT games in the offseason in this basketball-crazed area are going to be at Freedom Hall, a historic venue. I love it. But I bring this up today primarily to mention that when are we going to see an Indiana TBT team? There were mentions of that last year. Uh, apparently, behind the scenes, John Mugar, the founder of the TBT, he's come on this show in the summer when we're trying to fill time and talk basketball. He's a good guy. He invited me up to Dayton last year for the million dollar game. I was in the gym when the Buffalo, the University of Buffalo, alumni team won a million dollars and it was awesome to see their reaction and be down on the court when it happened last year but um, Indiana got has the players to get a team together um, so I've got to believe this will be the year where Indiana finally gets a TBT team put together. And on top of that, John has said on this program that, you know, he's investigated, looked into, and is very interested in having TBT regional games of some sort in Assembly Hall. So I think, I don't know, it's not going to be packed or, or crazy or anything like that, but I think you would get some decent fans come out and want to see some of that stuff, especially in the offseason. So maybe this Louisville news with the TBT will spur some. Uh, further development on an Indiana TBT team that could be announced hopefully in the near future. That's us look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. couple text on the text line so far. Uh, texter says, I hope that all the Miller Cop critics finally realize how important he is to this team. We are playing great basketball and gelling at the right time. Sky is the limit. For this team at the moment, Go Hoosiers. I agree with that correctly. I think Miller Kopp has taken a lot of hate in his time. He's not always been appreciated, and he's not always consistent. I-, I get it. If you're a fan, I get it. But he stepped up in some big moments, and last night he definitely did. And I agree that the sky is the limit right now uh, for this team. Also, another texture says the hustle and energy that Trey Galloway and Miller Cop bring each game added to the play of Trace Jackson Davis is hard to stop. I agree. I said last week I thought Trey Galloway would maybe be the X factor in the Purdue game. I don't know that you could necessarily call him that, but he does because of his energy and just what he does for the team, regardless of his stat line, his points, whatever it may be. He is a very, very valuable piece uh, to the Hoosiers, that's for sure. So just a couple texts from the Thornton's text line. You can Send in your questions and comments on the Hoosiers as well to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. To a commercial break we go. Back with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll recap the big moments from last night's IU win over Rutgers. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We're going to get into IU and, of course, the Rutgers win last night. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer now for the Star, so... Uh, Dustin, with your new job, your new gig there covering the Pacers and LeBron James's uh, big mark last night, setting the what the all-time scoring record with uh, I don't know what he finished with, but he had more than 36 points, which 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 was what was needed last night in that game. I thought I would start with that and also start with a little LeBron James story. I went to the Nike All-America camp. I was pretty young, I think in high school maybe, because I think I'm about the same age as LeBron, or at least within a year or two. Uh, I was disappointed because it's hard, it was hard to get in. Media, parents, <clears throat> college coaches, uh, very restricted access back in those days. But you really got the best 150, 180 players in the country all in one uh, one gym. Um was disappointed because there were rumblings that LeBron was going to be there even though he was injured. And I had never seen this phenom in person. Even if he didn't play, I, I just you know wanted to maybe see if I could get an interview or see if I could see him in person. And so mm-hmm. a couple, couple days into the camp, uh, I think there was There's no social media, but there were websites and recruiting websites back then. It had been reported he, he showed up at the Adidas camp and was decked out in Adidas gear. Well, A couple days into Nike camp, guess what? LeBron shows up at Nike camp uh, with some Adidas gear on, but also some Nike (laughs) gear as well. And I'll never forget. I had a friend with me from Italy that was involved in club basketball over there, and Nike was kind enough to, to let us into the camp that year. And um, he he really wanted to meet LeBron James. And so the dude walks in, makes a grand entrance. He's f- got friends and and family surrounding him, and I just he stopped right next to me. I was sitting in bleachers that were for college coaches to watch games. And I said, yo, LeBron, my friend from Italy would love to get a picture with you. He came over, took a picture with both with both of us, was nice as could be, asked us where we were from, if we were college coaches, what we were doing there, had about a five-minute talk with him as he was waiting to figure out where Nike was going to put him. And uh, that's just my LeBron story, Dustin, so there you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there you go. No, I mean, he's – it, it, and it's, it's just – there are so many stories like that and i think it is becoming one of those people that you um you know so will we'll tell stories of just being in, in the same room uh and just being around i mean my, i've i've been i think i so, so i think this is i'm up to 4 uh, LeBron, I think, encounters on on some level. I mean, he, he we have never talked or anything like that. But uh, I was there in uh, when when LeBron had his own camp. Uh, you know, it, it, he had it in Akron. Basically, there was a time I think when Nike did. Yeah. Uh, you know, just all these players did. He, he had one, and then some other guys had one. And it was actually right before the decision, um, and uh, before he went to Miami. He uh, it was you know at a time when you know it's like he got some of the best players. Like the, at the, the beginning of July, it was uh, I remember going out there to Akron, I was coming on my, you know, Chris Corman sent me out there on my way home from Pittsburgh. I used to always go home for the 4th of July. And I went to Akron on the way back to go watch this. And Anthony Davis was in that camp. Um, You know, Brandon Dawson was in that camp. It was around, uh, so it was like 2011 class of of guys were there. So it's wild to consider that Davis is teammate and then he was just a gawky looking high school kid that indiana at least had some level of interest in at the time but was in the middle of blowing up uh but i just remember um you know just going there the night before to get my credential uh and they had some limited stuff the first night but i mean lebron had like a pickup game and it was i remember some of the members of of those Cavs. i think larry hughes and, and stuff like that and i remember just how serious he was taking a pickup game you know and making sure he was calling out back picks and everything like that and it was just like wild to watch this guy take this just random July, you know, pickup game. Seriously, while, you know, so much of the NBA media was, like, camped out there that weekend to see if he would say anything about where it was going. Um, I remember that was wild. I was there in, uh, I want to say it was 2019. Yeah, it had to be summer of 2019 um, when Bronny came to play at uh, a game up in Westfield uh, at an AAU game, and this was the year the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. So LeBron was going to all his AAU tournaments and was, like, way too excited because he was used to having playoffs like the first year he was with the Lakers and they didn't make the playoffs. And so for the first time, he didn't have anything like 10 years. uh, He wasn't in the finals. And so, you know, he's out there um, just going as wild as he can. Like he was, he was way into this game and it was brawny against the Bay. Uh, and this is the time when we thought Monty Bates was the best player in the world, but I just remember just how into it he was. And he's shaking hands with guys and like, just everything. Like, I mean, he's not coaching, but he's practically acting like he was. I mean, that dude was into it. Uh, and then I got to see him, obviously, the last two times the Pacers played the Lakers, so I mean, obviously, they, he was just in town, um, last week. But just, it's uh, just amazing to just watch this, this, how this guy's developed, how he's lived in the public eye, how he's handled it. Um, and because you really think about, like, I mean, no one's done a better job of being a childhood phenomenon than he has. Uh, I mean, he's kind of, you know, a, a blueprint in, in a way. I mean, that, that he has lived this long in the public eye, and he hasn't had a scandal. I mean, the biggest scandal is where he went to go play after his first contract. That's the biggest thing. That is the most wrong thing he did was go to Miami. And, you know, that's not really wrong <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, and all that pressure, I mean, he more than lived up to it somehow. You know, big, big, you know, his, his, you know, breaking Kareem's record. And, he's, and, like, you watched him last night, and you're like, that guy's got a lot in the tank, like a lot you know, like, I mean, if he, if he goes to the wheels fall off, he could be 45, 46, you know, somewhere in that range, and I mean, he could, you know, score fifty thousand points if if he wanted to. You know, if that was kind of his desire, was just literally play until he can't go out and get twenty. Um, you know, I mean, he he could be forty five before that happens. So he like there was just just did not seem to miss a beat. I mean, it hits a step back fadeaway uh, to break the record, and you're like, wow, you know, like that's not an easy shot. Like, I mean, he wasn't getting gimmies last night, and he was coming downhill, and he was just as tough to stop as he ever was. And it's, it's this is not a sub, somebody who sort of. Eased into this record at the end, and it, you know it's not the guy who's who you throwing up there. Please God, get you know, get him some more at bats so he gets to six hundred or five hundred or whatever it is. Like you know, he's he's got a lot. I mean, he he got thirty eight the night of. I mean, that's incredible. And you know, he could get forty five tomorrow night if he wants. He's just that good. Still at the age of thirty eight, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's going to be really interesting to see what his future is like, how long he does it, and uh, obviously, there's the thought he wants to try to play with his son, which. Uh, would be very interesting before maybe he does step aside. So uh, that, that'll that be fun to see how the LeBron uh, ending, I guess, plays out and when exactly that happens. Talking with Dustin Dopirac of the Indianapolis Star, let's get to IU. Dustin, this IU team is red hot, and they defeated Nemesis Rectors last night and did so, I thought, playing some pretty good basketball for most of the game.
3: Yeah, they really did, especially in the first half. Just really sharp and clean. I mean, I think um, you know, let me. I got I got the stat sheet in front of me right now. What did they do in the first half? Yeah, I mean, fourteen to twenty three in the first half, I and mean, they were just cruising right out of the game. And, and and you know, Rutgers didn't have an, really an answer for Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, I think uh, it's a show of how much I think tougher he's become. Uh, you know, I think we, we we spend all this time talking about you know, Trace and whether he's developed or not, and we do all of this in the span of what we think that the NBA you know uh, NBA thinks about it. Um, but in terms of how he's become as a college player, I mean, one thing that he's I think become is just so much, so much tougher and, and so much more willing to live, uh, ready to to live up to big moments against tough teams that want to be physical with him. And you know, Rutgers is always going to be physical with you, and they were, and he took it to them, you know, just all night. Um, and is, yeah, just continues to be really impressive. And obviously Miller Cobb, I think, you know, uh, it's always got to be somebody. You know, I mean, they they just need at least one other person uh, to have a pretty big night, and Miller Kopp was that guy, you know, last night obviously going off uh, for for 16, uh, you know, on, um, on, on 6 of 9 and shooting 4 of 6 and 3, just really needed somebody. And, and I thought he did a good job of, of scrambling a little bit. He didn't have any rebounds, but it seemed like he was, you know, also playing some sharp defense, a couple assists. Um, but, you know, just big for him to get 18 points, uh, and get some buckets there when they didn't really get a lot else from anybody else offensively. Her was 2 of 9. Uh, Thompson was 1 of 6. Everybody else kind of had a hard time getting going offensively, so Kopp having a big night was a big deal. Uh, you know, but, but like, they, I, I, it, you know, Geo Baker called him soft early in the year, and and he he, he was justified. You know, he, he had a fair right to say it, especially with what Rutgers uh, did to them in, in his last few years, what they did to Indiana, and and so I mean, this seemed like a response on some level. They played tough, they they played feisty. You know, they uh, win the rebound battle, 35 to 31. It's not easy to do that against Rutgers. I mean, getting 18 rebounds against Rutgers, as Trace Jackson Davis did, is a big deal. That is hard. <laughs> that is hard. I mean, they make you work for it. It's a physical. Physical game that they play, and for him to you know go for 2018, uh, that, that shows you a whole heck of a lot. I mean, it was really impressive. I mean, I and, and tell you the truth, I mean, I really thought they were going to lose this game. You know, I mean, I thought okay, classic case—they're going to go beat Purdue. Uh, Rutgers is going to come in and, and beat them and knock them back on their butts a little bit again. Like I, I've seen this uh, narrative play out before. And so it tells you that they're further along, um, you know, f- to be able to, you know, get past that sort of emotional high, but, you know, I- and I think it- it's worth saying they didn't get too high on beating the number one team, um, for as much as the fan base, you know, like, and, and, and further, so they could do whatever they want, rush the court and whatnot. Uh, Indiana the players did not act like that was a surprise, um and I think that's a big reason why they were able to go from that to this because they're not surprised. They believe they should should win these kinds of games at this point, and you know they they played like a team that belongs in the top quarter of the league.
1: Dustin, we got to talk about Miller Kopp and his performance last night. He's not always been consistent. He often is taking a little ribbing from fans, but he stepped up uh, multiple times this season, including in both games against Rectors, once the loss there on the road. But uh, he really helped fill the void last night for Jalen Hitchfino, who had another off night.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it you know, Really, it just comes down to what taking what they're going to give you um, as far like Indiana as a whole. It's like basically it's going to be somebody's night, um, because it's like they're going to double trace, and it's a question of who they double off of. You know how they sort of operate their double teams, you know stuff like that, who has to be the guy um, and you know obviously Jalen Hodgeweer could just go create his own and sometimes it could just beat Jalen on the on the uh, weight of him just being really good, but you know sometimes it's going to be Miller's night, sometimes it isn't I mean I think the you know we we at this point know who Miller cop is, and he's doing I think a better job uh, this year of just being who he is and not trying to be who he's not and not not I mean he didn't last year, and I think at this point though you've got to accept that this is who Miller Cop is. Miller Cop's not going to go hunt, hunt his own jumper. You know He's not crossing guys up and hitting step-back fadeaways. Miller has a specific shot that is his, but he makes it. I mean, he's at 45.8%. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a wild number. I mean, that's a huge, huge number. I mean, 44-3s, you'd like to have a higher volume, but ultimately it just comes down to he's not always going to get a bunch of shots, but when it's his night to get a lot of them, he's going to hit them. Um, and that's that, that, That's what you need for him. I mean, like, like if you wanted something else for Miller Cop, you were looking for the wrong guy. Uh, and so, you know, he's at 50-40-83 right now uh, in terms of, of his shooting numbers. I think he's doing a pretty good job of rebounding. He's doing a good, good job of being a positional defender. Uh, you know, what you're getting out of Miller Cop right now is the best that you're getting out of Miller Cop. so enjoy what it is. This is what it is, again, he, what he's doing his job uh, at a very high level. I understand the frustration that at the end of the day he is not a guy, that you can just say, go get me 15, regardless of what the scenario is and how you guys are being defended. You know, I, I need 16 from you tonight. You just, you just have to go get it. Um, it's not going to be that way. You know, some, it's, it's a question of, you know, when the ball finds him that many times and he's got an opening and somebody doubles off of him and dares him to shoot, uh, he's going to make that, that person pay, but he's not going to be, it's, he's not creating his own. The ball, the shot has to be created for him. And I think they could do a better job of that, of running him off screens or whatever it is. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to be, there are some nice that are going to be Miller Cop nights, and there's some nights that aren't. And that, and he is doing a better job than he ever has of, of making the most of Miller Cop nights. And that that's, those shooting percentages are really really good. And obviously, last night was was an occasion of uh, it being a Miller Cop night and him rising to the occasion.
1: Talking with Dustin dopirak of the Indianapolis Star on IU's win over Rutgers last night. This team is second, tied with Rutgers in the Big Ten Conference, uh, and they are red hot right now. As we're discussing. That said, I just don't see a path for Purdue to slip enough for Indiana Rutgers or anyone to catch up
3: yeah, no, I don't either. I need to look at the standings to make sure just how out of the way this is I mean this whether their second loss um you know this season i I, I don't think it's it's particularly I, I just yeah I don't see them falling enough far they're eleven and two Indiana's eight and five um I, I mean it's conceivable but I don't see it. Um, I, I just I just really don't see it. I cannot see a scenario where um they fall that far. I mean, how many games were even looking at left on this on the schedule? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they gotta drop at least three out of seven. And I you know, that Iowa, northwestern Maryland, Ohio State, Indiana at home, at Wisconsin, Illinois, I mean I just I, I don't see three losses there the way these guys play. I just don't see it. And and, you know, four games at home, um, I don't. Yeah, I, I do not see a scenario uh, where they they blow a three game lead uh, from February nights on. I, it just does not seem possible to me, and it seems like they, their games are kind of spread out the rest of the way. Um, yeah, at the end, of, but you know, I, I think Indiana. If, if Indiana finishes second in the league, that's great. You know, that's great. I mean, like on some level, you could say, well, that's a disappointment because they were supposed to win it. Well, if they again, if they finish second in the league and they have at least one Purdue win, that's a pretty good season. If they end up with I don't know, 22 wins, uh, somewhere in that range, uh, before they go to the Big Ten tournament in Chicago, uh, that'd be a big deal. If they get, you know, Michigan, Northwestern, one out of, one out of two out of Illinois and Michigan State, Iowa and Michigan back home, uh, that's a big deal. You know, I, I think if they win five more of their remaining games. Uh, I think that'd be pretty impressive. Uh, and, you know, come out of there with, like, 22 wins, uh, going into Chicago, they got you know, they're going to set themselves up real nice to have, you know, a 4-5 or five seed in the league, finish second in the Big Ten. You know, considering what Indiana has seen in, in recent years, that's a really good year. And, and I think it, it ultimately kind of jives what I, what I think my expectations were. I didn't think a Purdue was going to get up and run away with this um, like they have. I, 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 you know, I thought it was possible somebody could emerge. Um, but this is about the season that I imagine Indiana was, gonna have. They was gonna be pretty good and they would have a chance to win the league if it was down. Um and you know, because there were so many players leaving you didn't know who you could trust in the league. But they're performing really well and I think that you would if, if that's the season they end up having is they finish second in the Big Ten. They're a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament, they win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. I mean that really fits I think with what you would have expected this team to be when
1: the season started. All right Dustin as we close out today I, I kind of mentioned this earlier in the show but What would you you say, what is your opinion of the ceiling of this Indiana team in the NCAA tournament? You mentioned them as a possible 4-5 or seed, if they could get to the 22 wins and finish the season strong. But in the tournament, is this a Sweet 16 team? Would I be crazy to think that with how Indiana's been playing and different players stepping up to help TJD, they could be an elite 8-ball club? What is your thought on the ceiling of this ball club?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's crazy to imagine, and partly why I think that it's not crazy to imagine. It, it, this is one of those years where um, there is not uh, this just crowd of you know over the top talented teams, um, you know that 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 I would consider uh, unbeatable um, for for really anybody. I mean, I think you know I'm, I'm looking at just the AP top twenty five. I mean, you know, Purdue's really good, but it, and and I think they function better as a unit than they did a year ago. But last year's Purdue team had more overall talent. Um, you know, Edie is, is a significantly better player than he was a year ago. But you also had Travion Williams on that team. You had Jaden Navi on that team. You had uh, uh, Sasha Stefanovic and Eric Hunter on that team. I mean, they had a lot of good guys. I like their players. I like their pieces. But, I mean, are they, you know, Purdue's a team that doesn't get, uh, you know, what they get? The Sweet 16 last year, they got beat by St. Peters. So, you know, like, that's, uh, and obviously the tournament, you know, works in wacky ways and everything like that, but, you know, straight up, one-on, you know, team-to-team, uh, team, does, does this year's Purdue team beat last year's Purdue team? You know, I don't know. Um, if, if you put, you know, obviously you have to imagine uh, two Zach Eadys, one of last year's range and one of this year's, um, but, you know, is that, is, is there, I don't, I don't know if they're more talented, so, I don't, you know, I mean, Indiana's already beaten them um so does that tell me that it's possible to beat houston and alabama and arizona and texas obviously they lost the arizona game and arizona was a better team um you know i mean i i'm not going to sit here and say that you could you should expect them to be in the elite eight but i don't think that you can say that they won't i mean it, again you get past you know the top four are really really good purdue houston alabama and arizona i think are really good I mean, then you're look, look, looking at four lost teams like that in texas and tennessee and ucla and virginia and kansas all i think are pretty good do i think they're great you know, I don't think they're mind-blowingly good. You know, I mean, Kansas just got handled by Iowa State on the road. You know, I, I don't think they're off the charts, you know, that great. I mean, I, I, like, I, I, you don't know what uh, where Indiana will be paired. Um, but I think this is going to be a massive a tournament just because, again, I just don't think anybody's that great. Um, and I think there are a lot of teams that are pretty good. And so you could see somebody, you know, coming from a three-seed, a four-seed, a five-seed, and find themselves in the final four and not necessarily have, have a crazy upset to do it.
1: Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us Wednesdays here on the show. Dustin, thanks for the chat today. You know we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. We've got some high school basketball to talk about. A big one coming up on Friday night. That is Providence at New Albany. We'll have the call of that game here on the Big X, seven fifteen the pregame show and uh hope you join us for that if you can't make it out to the doghouse but some big games last night girls state tournament is underway headed to the regional round coming up this saturday we'll discuss all of that and more next here on the hoosier report with bat Dennison. joined by Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And, Josh, we've got a lot to get to today, a big weekend ahead of basketball, but there was some good Tuesday night action last night. Floyd Central, a nice win over Silver Creek and some other action to chat about as well. Yeah, big win for, uh, for Coach
2: Walters and the Highlanders. Uh, you know, I, was, I think they were ahead pretty much all the whole way. I was there for, for a little bit of that game, and, uh, you know, they, they played pretty well. I think they had, what, three or four Players at least in double figures, so that's that's always a good sign. And uh, and um, you know they've uh, they've lost some tough games this year. I don't know uh, how many games they've lost uh, by less than ten points, but probably a couple. Uh, so you know they uh, hopefully they're turning the corner. and Then uh, another big game we had last night was Christian Academy uh, at Henryville, Josh Warren Renfro had another big game uh, as he as has become commonplace for him, the sophomore. At one of the final home games of the season. So, you know, that'll be big. And then uh, Rock Creek also in that class.
1: good tuesday night of basketball for local teams that's for sure and now we move to friday that's a big rivalry game it's always one of the good ones to circle on the calendar fully central but let me get that right providence at new albany on friday <laughs> night and that said uh the pioneers are the big favorite it it, it if it's close, it's only gonna be because it's a rivalry game. New Albany not playing great basketball right now, and Providence is playing great basketball right now, so the Pioneers I think a heavy favorite in that contest. Yeah,
2: I haven't looked at the, the John Hurl website to see what the uh to see what what the what the line is or how many Providence <laughs> would be favored by, but uh uh, you know, I definitely would say Providence is the favorite, yes, in that game, the Pioneers uh, 11 in a row now and are just playing really well. They got Casey Kalen back. So, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's 100% yet, but he's, I'm sure he's getting.
1: Excited to think about that potential showdown in the sectional. Oh boy, it could be a lot of fun. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the things we talk about, you can read about in the print edition of the News and Tribune paper or at newsandtribune.com slash sports. And Josh, we've got girls regionals this weekend. Really no Clark Floyd team remaining, but we do have Lanesville and Corden also won a sectional, so a sectional round was really good to the county of Harrison. They've got a few teams advancing on. I think a lot of people are kind of curious what this Lanesville team could get done. Could they make a run? Could they win it in 1A?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, both of those teams had uh, had really good years. Yeah. I think if, if this is, if Lanesville is ever going to win it, this might be the year they've got, you know, some seniors, um, you know, and their sophomore class is strong. So if, you know they've never won that regional regional title, so I think this might be the year that they do that. They play uh, uh, Wood Memorial um, on Saturday, and then they would get the winner between. Then in, in the semi state round, I think they they might get the winner of this uh, Springs Valley Trinity Lutheran game. But, but yeah, Lanesville is is definitely looking good. Angie Hinton, you know, led New Albany to that state title. Uh, so she's looking for another state title at Lanesville so, and this you know, this may be her best chance, uh as far as that goes because they 'cause they're they're uh, you know, twenty four and two on the year. I think one of their only two losses was to Corden and Corden is uh uh they're I think they're a big favorite in their game according to John Harrell anyway. They play Rushville in uh, at Charlestown and Rushville is uh, fourteen and thirteen Charlestown I mean excuse me, Corden is twenty four and two, so you know, uh, I would expect both both Corden and Lanesville to be uh, to be regional champions and be playing and playing in the semi-state and one of the semi-states at the all So I don't know if.
1: stuff. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, I'll catch you at the gym this weekend. And uh, good stuff. Lots of local things going on. IU's playing great. The month of February is rolling along, and March Madness is almost here. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. And don't forget New Albany Providence here on the Big X coming up on Friday night at 7.15. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.